Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Earners, it's 2021, the year of execution. In order to execute, we have to have information. And the number one place to get the information, EYL University. Shadi, tell them what we bring in. Yes, EYL University has been reloaded. We already have 100 past webinars. We already have weekly webinars. We already have our private investment group on Facebook. We already have monthly financial planning calls. We already have bi-weekly real estate calls. But what has been added to EYL University this year is access to MG the Mortgage Guys Home Buyers Blueprint, which walks you through the home buying process from A to Z. And what has also has been added, breaking news alert. Yeah, Everybody always news. asks to be in our group How chat. How do I get in there? How I and get in when this? we talk about all the investment plays that we are making, we are going to have investment calls, group chat calls with me, Troy, and the whole team and walk you through our plays that we're making and give you insight into our portfolios. All of that for 75% off. That's right. We are doing a blowout sale, 75% off for a limited time only. Go to EYLUniversity.com right now and sign up. See you on the other side. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. So we're going to jump right into it, right? So we, we, we get a lot of feedback on Instagram recently about um, leasing cars, buying cars, right? Now, you have a wealth of information being in the car industry for how long? Over 10 years, right? Well, 20 years now. Uh, this year, actually, be 20 years in the car industry from the bank to the dealership side. So. Yeah, you've worked every, every facet. Basically, yeah. Every facet. So, all right. So we're going to get into your backstory, but before we get into the backstory, I want to just jump right into it because people take this like very personal. I, I know this. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a real personal thing. Like it's like we got like a thousand comments over a video that we posted and people were like, no, that's a terrible idea. You should never lease a car. And people were like, no, you should never buy a car. And people were arguing with each other. They're about to start <laughs> fighting on Instagram. So it's like I realize it's one of those things that's very emotional for people. Oh, yeah. And nobody wants to feel like they made a mistake. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you brought a car, it's like you don't want to admit that that might be a bad. You brought you leased a car, you might not want to say that's a bad idea. So everybody's like, you know, at all. So my personal opinion on it is that you know there's no right shoe that fits all feet, right? True. Leasing is a great option for a lot of people. Buying a car could be a great option for a lot of people. Buying a used car could be a great option for a lot of people. The thing with our podcast is we just try to provide information, right? So yeah, and, and just so we know, like we've done both. Well, yeah, I'm personally, talking, yeah, we've done so both. I'm talking about story so, <laughs> myself too. Yeah. So, so my personal journey in cars is when I when I graduated from college, right? That was my first time getting a car. I didn't have a car before that. So when I graduated from college, I came home and um, the first car that I, I had, I wanted a luxury car. Um, so I brought a I brought a used um, Infinity. I had a G35 Infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only like a couple years, but it was it was a nice car though. Yeah, yeah. Cooper sedan. Uh, sedan. Sedan. Porto. Right. Porto. So I had I had a G35 and it was nice. Um, and I had that car for about five years. I had a terrible interest rate because <laughs> I didn't have any credit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to figure it out as I go. So in year five, it started to like fall apart. Right? Tires. I had mm-hmm. to start buying tires and like transmission and a whole bunch of everything just started falling apart on it, right? So I'm like, I need a new car. So when I was I went to the um now it's time to upgrade. So I went to the um BMW dealership. Okay. And I was about to get a, a BMW. So when I went to the dealership, I'm like, I wanna buy, I wanna buy a car. And I'm thinking like, you know, I wanna buy a car. I don't wanna rent a car, I wanna lease a car, I wanna buy mm-hmm. a car. We we heard that 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 line. Well, it's all Jay Z. It's, it's all Jay Z's fault, right? We don't buy, we don't lease. We buy the whole car as you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Jay- like we grew up thinking, like, yo, you got to buy the car. Jay Z really tainted our brain. Shout out, to Jay. <laughs> shout out to Jay. That's our guy. But um, yeah, he said that line. We don't lease. We buy the whole car as, as you, you should. should. So yeah. we like, we got to buy a car. Like yeah. <laughs> that's what that's the mentality he was having. Yeah. So when I went to the dealership, the the guy he was telling me he's like, nobody um buys cars. Everybody that comes here has money. Nobody's about 90% of people here is leasing cars. So I'm like, why? And then I started to dig deep into it. And then I started to understand why mm-hmm. he said that as far as like tax business benefits and all of the different things that come, the benefits that come with leasing. So then my last two cars, um, I leased. I had a, I leased a, a BMW. Now I'm leasing a Benz. And uh, who knows what I'll do next? But yeah. I'll probably end up leasing we, we had, car. Yeah. Our, our stories are similar, like around that same time. Before you had a car, you was driving everybody's car. Exactly. Like, Shadi yeah. called you, like, yo, I need your car. So he was driving cars. And he, I brought him with me when I got my second car. It was a BMW. And um, we had a crazy story there at the dealership. But um, they, I was, I financed it, and I got the payment. I, they were like, i never forget. Didn't what. they crash your car? The first, before I got it off the line. Yeah. Yeah, we crashed it. Yeah, that's right? crazy. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I drove, they were like, ah, oh, no, nah, just leave it. We'll come back another day. So I crashed it. As soon, well, they crashed it as soon as I I. I, I Got it. It was like five hundred sixty-two dollars for the payment. I was like twenty-four years old. I was like, man. You were financing that car. I was like, well, that's a lot. Yeah, I said like, that's a lot. But you know what? Let's just go for it. And um, like you said, we was cruising it. It was a nice car. And year four or five, like the, those BMWs, they had just changed the body. It was like two thousand four. They had just changed the body. I got it in two thousand six. And every time something was wrong in the car, like it, the sensor would go off. And sensors would go off. I was like, this is just getting annoying. Yeah. And every time you fix a sensor, it was like $360. And I was like, all right, this is crazy. Finally, I paid it off. It was like 2012. And um, I'm like, what am I going to do with this car? Like, it was a $50,000 car. I looked at the value of it because I was driving it everywhere. The miles was crazy. I was. They were like, we'll give you $6,000 for this thing. And I was like, <laughs> what? Right? After six years of paying. And... Um, then like the parts, like I said, like the parts themselves, like that's one thing that I learned is like no matter how old the car is, 
the parts don't depreciate. So right. like if you bought it in 1986 and you need new parts, the parts still cost the same. Same as it did that day. And I was like, you know what? This is it, man. And the final straw, uh, my son was born and I had the, the uh, BMW 525. At that time, it was still coming in real world. They didn't have four-wheel drive mm-hmm. in all the cars. And I was coming up the hill in my house and the car started rolling back. It was snow on the ground. And my son, literally the third day, like mm-hmm. that's a, you bring your kid home. And we like went, in, went into oncoming traffic. And I was like, this is it. Yeah. I'm done. I'm never driving this car again. I'm never buying a car again. That's the end of the story. And I literally walked him up the hill and left the car down the street. And he never got back, back in. That's wild. So, so yeah. So we're going to go into the details of leasing versus buying. I'm going to say it from my standpoint as far as the business owner. Before, but first, I want to give you the floor, right? All right. So can we talk about the difference between leasing and buying a car? What are, what are some key differences in leasing a car and buying a car? Well, on a lease, most people, you'll hear that a lot. People say, well, you don't own the car, right? But the truth is, do you want to own a vehicle that's going to lose value, right? A car, very rarely do cars go up in, in value. So that's why leasing is so prevalent. 70, 80%, like you said, of people lease the vehicles. When you're financing the vehicle, you, you do, you technically own it, but the bank owns it while you're financing. So until you pay it off, the vehicle still belongs to the bank. Title, the title's held by the bank. You're not the, the owner of that vehicle. That's something, that's, that's a common misconception. You don't own the car either way. Yeah. Yeah. Un- until you finally pay it off, and then when you do pay it off, mm-hmm. more people want to trade it in. They want yeah. to trade it in right away. Yeah. It's so, old. It's old. By the time you own it, now it's old. <laughs> exactly. But another thing with the with the leasing that people don't fully understand. So, like for me personally, right, the reason why I lease is that um, so I'm a business owner. Yep. Right. So I get better tax treatment for leasing a car. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like with the lease, I could write off the insurance, the gas, and the lease payment formula percentage we won't get too complicated in it but sure. i can write that off on yeah. my taxes mm-hmm. if i own the car then i can only i have to go by the depreciation correct because it's an own i get less of a tax benefit for owning a car so it's in my benefit to lease the car because it's pretty much a write-off yeah for me and i don't have to worry about maintenance right so i never i haven't gotten a, i haven't paid for oil change and i can't remember mm-hmm. when because or at least everything is paid for and warranties too Yes, and then I get a new car every three years. So now, I always sell. Like, if you want to, everybody's personal preference is different. You can't force your views on somebody, exactly. right? Like, if you want to keep a car for 10 years, that's your right. You, you can do that. I don't want to do that. I want yeah, to get yeah. a new car. Yeah. So I know it's going to cost me a lot more money to buy a car and then buy a new car every three years mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to leasing a car and then getting a new car every three years. And the upfront is less, Yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, on a lease, you only pay, um, let's say, the taxes, right? When you're financing a vehicle, you pay tax on the whole price of the car. Or on a lease, you only pay tax on, let's say, the monthly payment. Depending on the state and where you're registering the car, let's say, like New York, you're only paying tax on the monthly payment. Right. So I think that that's something that people could... And as far as for me, I don't drive a lot. So mm-hmm. 12,000 miles, I never go over 12,000 miles. I usually hit like 11, 10, 5. So... It's, it's perfect for me. Yeah, but yeah. you were saying even if you do go over 12,000 miles. Well, that's a big right? misconception also. Is a lot of people think that if I drive a lot of mileage, I shouldn't be leasing. You know, you'll hear a lot of people come in and they say, you know, I do 15,000, 20,000 miles a year. I shouldn't, you know, leasing is not for me. I think the contrary. It's the way I look at it is when you're leasing a vehicle, even if it's a, a high mileage lease, you know your true cost of ownership. Like you said, with maintenance, right? You know that you're going to have this car three years. You're going to put 15,000 miles a year. You'll have 40, 45,000 miles. Most warranties 
or let's say four year, 50,000 mile bumper to bumper warranty. So you're still covered under your warranty. You see what I mean? So you'll be able to look at it and say, hey, you know what? I know exactly what I'm going to be paying every month for this car as long as I have my lease. Now, when you're financing a car and you're putting high mileage on the car, the two things that lower the value of the car quickest is the amount of mileage you put on it and, and the condition of the car. So let's say if the vehicle was in an accident. So if I'm leasing my car and, and, and someone in my next door neighbor is buying their vehicle and they're financing their car, mm-hmm. in three years, I have a lot more flexibility of what I can do. I don't have to worry about if my car was in an accident or you know, did somebody key my car? Did a garbage truck come down the street and hit my car? Because their value has dropped now. So now you're playing this guessing game of, well, wait a minute, what is my car now worth? And you run into a situation where you finally pay off your car, you put money into the vehicle trying to fix it, yeah. and then you turn around and say, hey, your car's worth $6,000. Now, the other thing that we, we talked about was that technology is moving so fast. So things get antiquated quick. So that's why leasing is nice because in three years, you, you may not need a small sedan, right? Now in three years, your life changes. You have a family, you have kids. Now I want an SUV. My lease is up. I come out of the lease. I go into a brand new SUV if I want to. Can't fit in that Honda Accord anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Now it's true. Technology changes. Even like the vehicle I have now, like I saw the 2000, 2020 model. I'm like, wait, yeah, that is ridiculous. <laughs> like I need that technology now. Yeah. So it's like you can just come in every three years, man. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a huge benefit in leasing. Um, one of the things that is important when you're leasing or financing is the credit. Yep. How does that work? Is there a specific bureau that car dealerships use or, or the bank? How's so, it go? So it varies between manufacturers. So different banks. So let's say if you're going to Honda, Honda Financial, or Toyota has Toyota Motor Credit, Mercedes-Benz has Mercedes-Benz Financial. They all have different criteria, right? So it, it's, it's not, it's not a, a blanket as far as what they use. Some people use TransUnion. Some people use Equifax. Other manufacturers use what's called the auto score. So an auto score means your automotive history. So even if you had some trouble on your credit, but they saw, let's say for whatever reason, you had some medical bills or something happened, but you always paid your car note on time, mm-hmm. the bank may look at that and say, hey, well, wait a minute. Yeah, they missed some payments over here, but they always paid their car on time. So that means that, hey, you know what? This person needs that car. They need to get to work. They need to provide for their family. So no matter what happens, they're going to take care of that monthly payment. And another thing I want people to think, too, a lot of times people look at it like, okay, well, I'm not a business owner. And we're talking about luxury cars just because mm-hmm. we have luxury mm-hmm. cars, but it's the conversations for any type of car. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 100%. But also, people have to realize is that you don't have to be a full-time entrepreneur to be an entrepreneur. Because the tax system, I can't stress this enough, the tax system is set up for entrepreneurs and investors. It's not set up for employees, right? Mm -hmm. So as an entrepreneur, you get all kinds of benefits. You can write off meals. You can write off travel. Mm -hmm. You can write off almost anything, realistically, as long as it makes sense. Don't get audited. And cars is one of the things that you can write off, right? So if you work in a regular job and you might have a side hustle, why not? Get that incorporated, get an LLC, yep. get a C Corp, whatever you want to do, and get a tax ID, open up bank account. Now you have a business. Yep. So now you can lease that from your side hustle business and you can deduct the same deductions like if you worked a regular job, right? Like now that, that goes against the, any money that you make on that end. So I say that to say we have to thank like business people mm-hmm. and you don't even have to actually be a full-time business owner. Salespeople as well, yep. right? If you're a 1099 or if you are in some form of sales where you can um, take deductions like real estate, stuff yep. like that, insurance, you sell insurance, it's the same thing. 
So a lot of times people, you know, they have negative views towards things because they don't, they have a lack of understanding. But once you have a lack of understanding, and like I said, now, if you still choose to do that, then it's, a, it's your decision. It's mm-hmm. a free country. 100%. But a lot of times we make decisions based out of ignorance, not yep. knowledge. Yep. Right. Misinformed. So, yeah. Exactly. So one of the things I want to ask you was you said um, MSRP versus price. Right. What's the what's the difference? What's the that? selling price? All right. So yeah. So you have MSRP, right? Yeah. That's that's what's on the window sticker, right? So the manufacturer suggests the retail price of the vehicle. That's MSRP. Manufacturer suggests the retail price. That's what they they recommend you should be selling that car for. Okay. Now the selling price is what you negotiate, right? Or whatever. However, you can reduce the uh, the selling price of the vehicle. That's what that comes down to. And so is that the same thing as a cap cost? So no cap cost. Let's say you're leasing or you're financing the vehicle. The final cap cost is. The selling price plus anything else. So whatever money the bank is lending you, okay. whether it's a lease or finance, they're still lending a certain amount of money. So let's say on a lease, if you rolled your taxes into your payment, that's going to add to your cap cost. If you negotiated a $50,000 selling price and then you rolled your taxes of $2,000 into the lease, that's $52,000 cap cost. Okay. And is that negotiable? The- well, it's based on what you negotiate as far as, let's say, your selling price. Okay. So that whatever fees you put into it, those aren't negotiable. Those are, let's say, taxes and DMV fees, things like that. So, all right. We talked about, okay, talk about leasing a car, but mm-hmm. buying a car. Somebody wants to buy a car, right? Mm-hmm. And you were saying most of the time, if you do want to buy a car, it, may, it makes more sense to buy a used car. I, I always recommend people, if you are going to buy a car, buy a certified pre-owned. Now, listen, there's vehicles you can find at these lots that are not authorized, let's say, Mercedes-Benz dealerships or Toyota dealerships. Me personally, I think you're better off going to, you may pay a couple of dollars more, but you're getting it from the manufacturer. So you have the backing of the manufacturer. So just give you an idea. Most companies, when they certify a vehicle, the vehicle goes through, let's say, you know, 150 point, 160 point inspection. Mm -hmm. So not only will they inspect the vehicle to make sure that it's in certain conditions, so they'll eliminate things like, let's say there's there's frame damage to the car. If the car is frame damaged, it doesn't qualify for certification. So it's eliminated. Most dealerships won't even take that car. They'll send that car out, and that's where you'll see the, the vehicles on these other side lots, right? And they're selling those vehicles. So there's really no recourse when, they, when it comes to something happening to the car. Not to mention the fact that once that car goes through the certification, a lot of manufacturers will put new car interest rates on those cars. So typically, pre-owned cars or used cars will have a higher interest rate than a new car. But if it's certified, you get a better interest rate. So like right now, like let's say you have 1.99%. You can't get 1.99% on a on a used car, you know, anywhere else. You know what I mean? If the vehicle's certified, that's the way to do it. Me personally, the vehicles, as you guys have all heard this, people say, oh, well, the vehicle loses value as soon as you drive it off the lot. Now, what happens is really, it's once it's registered, the vehicle loses value. That's when it, that's when the vehicle loses value. And that's normally when you drive it off the lot. That's when you got it brand new. So yeah, when you're buying the car brand new, it, it initially loses its, its value when you, when you drive it off a lot or the vehicle is titled. Okay. So now you're buying a vehicle who's gonna, that's going to depreciate in value. That's what a car does. It's going to go down in value. So you're financing a car that's losing value. It already took a big hit right? when you're buying it new, opposed to a certified pre-owned, that the initial depreciation has already happened. Mm. It's already taken place. But you knew that car was taken care of. The manufacturer, the dealership you know, is putting themselves behind that vehicle saying, hey, we know this vehicle. We've inspected this vehicle. We know this vehicle's in good shape. We're willing to even put a, a, a new car rate on it so you have some more confidence when they're buying that type of vehicle. Okay. All right. There was a, another thing that I, I, we saw when we were reading. It was gap insurance. Now, that's something that doesn't come on a finance, but it does come on a lease? Yeah. New York State leases all have gap insurance. Now, um, what happens, people don't realize that if a vehicle is, is let's say, total or, or stolen 
any negative equity. So if your insurance company says, hey, your car was worth $10,000, but you owe the bank 12 or 13 without gap insurance, you're responsible for that negative equity. Okay, so you're ne if a negative balance, you're responsible for that amount. So that's why all New York state leases will have gap insurance. All right, so for people that go into the dealership and they don't really know like what, what question, it's a little intimidating because yeah, you, yeah, you don't yeah. really know if you're getting ripped off or not. You just right? call me. <laughs> <laughs> so like what questions should they ask? Like how do you know if they're getting a good deal? How, how can you get the best deal? Everything's negotiable. Yeah, it. everything's negotiable. So how can you get the best deal? So he, here's what it is. I mean, it, it, it's the car business has this bad reputation, right? So sometimes we make it harder than it has to be as a consumer. Now, if you know there's a vehicle you want, there's so much information out there. You can go online, you can do research, you can find out what the cost of the vehicle is. But at the end of the day, I always recommend trying to buy local. Try to buy where you're going to be servicing your vehicle. And they want to take care of you. When you have a problem, yes, you can go to any manufacturer, you can go to any dealership and try to get, get help or have your vehicle serviced. But a lot of times when you buy local, they have a, more of an interest in taking care of you because, you know what, you purchase from them, they're going to take care of you first, right? If you came... To my dealership and you bought the car in jersey right or another dealership but another customer came in and he bought his car here who would you expect me to take care of right better or first right if i have one loan of car left i'm going to give it to the guy who's loyal to me and he says he's buying cars for me as far as the price goes listen there's a lot of information online you can go you can look up what the cost of the vehicles are um i do recommend listen you want to shop around but at the end of the day once you have a bottom line number go into your local dealership say hey this is this is what i got can you guys match it, get close to it, beat it, whatever it is. Whatever well, the case may be. What, what sites do you recommend? Like Kelly Blue Book? Or? Kelly Blue Book's great. You know, there's a lot of information. If you go to Google, you can search, you know, car gurus. They'll, they'll give you all types of information. What about, what's the residual value? All right. Residual value is what the bank, the bank sets what's called the residual value. A residual value is the estimated value of the vehicle at the end of the lease. Okay. So that's what the bank is assuming or hoping that the vehicle is going to be worth once your lease is over. Now that's determined by the mileage. Right? How many miles? The less miles you put on a car, the higher your residual value is going to be. The good thing about the residual is that you want to have a high residual value. The higher the residual value means that the vehicle is going to depreciate less. So you're paying a smaller monthly payment because your monthly payment is based on the depreciation. Okay, so let's give you mathematics, right? Okay. If the car has a, 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 a selling price of, let's say, $50,000, right? Let's say it's an MSRP of $50,000, just to use round numbers, and the residual value is 50%. So it's twenty-five thousand dollars. Is what the vehicle is going to be estimated to be worth at the end of the lease, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to pay that difference between the fifty thousand and the twenty-five thousand. That's depreciation. But let's just say you just negotiated your price down to forty-five thousand. So now you're shrinking the depreciation because it's between forty-five and twenty-five, opposed to the forty-five and fifty. Mm -hmm. So you're paying on that depreciation. See what I mean? Okay. And uh, what about the cap reduction? All right, cap cost reduction. That's the money down. That's what your initial investment to bring your payments down. So you'll see a lot of times people come in and they say, well, I saw an ad that said $349 a month, but in that fine print, it said $3299 cap cost reduction or money down. So a lot of times people come in and they say, well, I don't want to put any money down. That means you're still giving your taxes, your first month's payment, your bank fee, your plates up front. It's not mean, it doesn't mean you're not coming up with anything out of pocket. That just means you're not putting on a cap cost reduction. So to give you an idea, let's say on a 36-month lease. A $1,000 cap cost reduction is equivalent to roughly $30 in your monthly payment. So if you're at, at you know, let's say four, you're at um, $450 a month and you want to get down to $420, you put an extra $1,000 down to get you down to that monthly payment after you've negotiated your best deal. 
Now, some people are opposed to putting money down. It's all a personal preference. Some people, let, let's say they, they know they want this particular car and maybe their company gives them an allowance for their vehicle or they just want to keep the payment below a certain budget because they want to you know, work the numbers in their, for their monthly payments, right? They may put that money down. Me personally, I don't put money down in the lease because I'm okay with my monthly payment and I'd rather have the money in my pocket. That's the way I look Yeah, and sometimes the dealerships um, have things built in, right? Specials like that? Like yeah, there are specials where they, they have incentives from the manufacturer if they're trying to move particular products. Um, you know, some people come in and they say, well, wait a minute, why is this car $55,000 and this car is $55,000, let's say two different, two, two different models, right? One may be an SUV and one's a sedan, and the prices are different, mm -hmm. right? And what happens is we may have a lot more sedans in inventory and there's not a lot of these SUVs around. Everybody's buying SUVs. So the manufacturer says, hey, let's help the dealership move these vehicles by putting additional incentives on it. So is, their payment will be lower. Is there a specific time of year that that happens? Like I always see like it's like a, a summer sale or yeah, winter you know, or something every, like that. Every manufacturer has different sales events. Like let's just say for Mercedes, normally the end of the year is a big time. Also in, in June or July, you'll see some, some nice uh, sales events. But the way I look at it, it's all based on what you need, right? Depending on when you need your car is when you want to work your best deal. Do the payments fluctuate to a point where it's hundreds of dollars difference between those sales events? Not necessarily. Normally it's a $30, $40, $50 difference in the monthly payment. So if you need a car, listen, you want to go into the dealership, you want to build a good relationship with your dealership. And, and if you spend some time, work the deal, obviously make sure that you're there for a reason. A lot of times people come in and they go, you know what, just give me your best price, I'm leaving. That, that makes it a little bit more difficult. And I get it. I get it. People get focused as far as the numbers go. I, I totally understand it. You want, but my thing is this: we want to give people great deals. We want you to buy cars, right? It's not about the car business has this, you know, persona of being like, oh, they're gonna rip me off. That's not the case anymore. Listen, I'm sure there are people out there who, who take advantage of people, but that's not the case in most highline dealerships or most, you know, mom and pop, you know, organizations where they really look to take care of people. And then you could um you could buy a car at the end of the lease, right? If you want. Now you can buy your vehicle out at the end of the lease. And that's one thing people ask me a lot. Look, I want to lease this car and I want to buy it. That was a good point, right? Rent out lease with the option to buy. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. my thing is this: if you're gonna buy the car, buy the car now. All right. Now here's the thing: we go back to that residual value. Yeah. You want that residual value to be high. You almost want it to be unrealistically high because that means your monthly payment on your gonna on your lease is gonna be lower. Now, here's the thing. Now, at the end of the lease, all of a sudden you say, well, I'm going to buy it. You're buying it at that very high residual value. You have the option to buy it at that price. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now you're basically any savings that you took advantage of because that residual value is high, you're basically giving it right back to the bank. That's another thing, too, as far as with leasing a car, the monthly payments are usually lower than if you buy that. Yeah, car normally right? a lot That's lower. That's another thing people have to understand, too. It's like... It's okay not to own everything. For me personally, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to own a car because I'm going to lose money on it. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to own something that I'm going to lose value in. So that's like owning a house that you know is going to go down in value. Sure, like, what's the point of owning it? Exactly. I'd rather rent it. Yep. I have to have somewhere to live, mm -hmm. but I don't want to own a house where I know if I'm going to pay 100000 and then 10 years it's going to be worth 20000 Well, that, that's what I tell people. If Let's say there's an area that you want to live in for whatever reason, the views or whatever is the schools, whatever the case may be, you want to live there. But the, let's say the real estate agent said, hey, great news. This house is X amount. This apartment is X amount of dollars. And every year it's going to go down in value. You're going to say, well, wait a minute. I don't. Why would I buy that? <laughs> for that, you better, you're better off renting it. Yeah. Right? You yeah. say, hey, listen, I want to live here for three years. But guess what? In three years from now, I want to go move to the suburbs. You know, I like the views where I am, but I can't see myself raising a family here. Right? You'd rather rent that apartment. And renting is like that, that, in that, that case. Like, it's like leasing. 
where you, you have the option to walk away from at the end of those three years. Yeah, there's something called a lease end cost. That's like something that's like a hidden cost that I actually found out about. So like if I have a Mercedes and I lease it, but at the end of the lease, I decide, you know what, I want to go to BMW. There's a price for that? So they have what's called a disposition fee. All right. That's basically a fee to turn in the vehicle. Now, here's the thing. If you go with another BMW, a lot of times they'll just waive that fee. Right. right? Now, there is a reason why they charge it. It's not just a penalty for leaving the brand. They have to keep in mind, once you surrender that vehicle, they have to pick up that vehicle. They have to condition it for resale. So things like that that they go through. There's paperwork that has to be processed in order to do it. And obviously, it does give you some sort of incentive to stay with the brand. Right. So if I stayed in there, that cost obviously yeah, that goes, that, They waive that for you. Yeah. Most manufacturers waive that. I learned that. I didn't know that. I learned that when I was trading my car. Yeah. That's why I have to stay with Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying, man. We yeah, are yeah, trying. I got you. Right, right. right. so, but before we go, I have one other question that I just saw recently online um, where somebody said that they... Um, they sold their car back to a dealership after they leased it. How does that how does that work? Play with that? So very rarely does it happen where the vehicle has a higher value than the residual value. Okay, so let's say the residual value, like we talked about, was twenty five thousand. The guy kept it in great shape, he hardly drove it, he only put minimal mileage on the vehicle, the car's garage kept, and all of a sudden, for some reason there's a there's a high demand for that particular vehicle. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's thirty thousand dollars actually the book value for that car. And he owes 25, he can turn around to the dealership and say, Hey, I know my buyout is X amount of dollars. Would you be willing to buy that car from me in order for me to trade it back to you? Now they have some money that they could put towards another vehicle also. Yeah. T Pain said that. No, yeah. it was um it was Matthew Knowles. Oh, and, and that post, but T Pain bought the Bugatti no, for one point two million. He didn't yeah, he lost four hundred. Uh, yeah, he lost four hundred thousand on it. He, he yeah, blew yeah. he blew the engine or something like that and yeah, sold it back yeah, to the yeah. dealership for eight hundred. He lost four hundred thousand on the yeah, dealership. Well he, he brought the car and then sold it six months later. Yeah, yeah he lost four hundred thousand. I mean, it's rare that that happens. Um, you know, it, like I said, cars are depreciating assets, but it's very rare that, that, that that'll happen. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> A mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.